0: Blog Talk Radio mm-hmm.
1: Today, good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew. She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and save seminars she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello there, everyone. Thank
0: you so much for joining us tonight. It's always an honor to be here with you on Good Love Radio. And of course, I am your Good Love Dr. Dr. Brenda Wade. And we have a very special guest tonight. This hour we're going to talk with the life coach, national speaker and author, Dr. Chris Michaels, who founded the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri back in 1990, and he's served as the director of that center for more than 20 years. So you know he's got some education and experience to share with us. He is an educator, a counselor, and he's helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern all of our lives. Can't wait to talk about those spiritual principles and to find out what he means when he talks about finding our purpose. Now, here on Good Love Radio, you know that we always focus on why good love is essential to your very own greatness, how to identify those negative love patterns that might be blocking you from good love. And, of course, how to break the chains of what happened back then so you can be present with what's happening right now. We have a little mantra that's our own mantra, so you know what it is. Say it with me. It's, I am worthy. Now, that's your part. I am worthy. And I am deserving. Let me feel you. I am deserving. And I love me unconditionally. There you go. I love me unconditionally. Now that's the cornerstone of building a mindset for good love. It begins with I am worthy, I am deserving, and I love me unconditionally. That means I can see you as worthy and deserving and love you unconditionally too. So keep practicing your good love mantra everyone And, of course, I want to hear from you. We want you to join our conversation tonight. The phone number to call in is 347-989-0776. Then you just click 1 on your phone and our moderator, Cliff, will call on you. You can also message us on book and on Twitter at Dr. Brenda Way. That number again is 347-989-0776. Now, let me tell you more about tonight's special guest. He's a co-author of several daily journals, including Practice the Presence, The Prosperous Life, and Spirit is Calling. His new book, The Power of You, is available at Amazon.com or his website, which is Triple Dub. ChrisMichaels.net. In addition to speaking engagements around the world, Dr. Chris hosts a weekly radio program, Healing Your Life, which can be heard every Monday live at 11 o'clock Central Time on Unity Online Radio at www.unityfm. All right, let's welcome everybody, Dr. Chris Michaels. Hello, Dr. Chris.
1: It's very nice to be here.
0: It's very Aww. nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, if it's okay with you, Dr. Chris, I want to start with a quote from sure. your free ebook and your webinar Letting Love In because I really love this. Okay, everybody, check this out. Most everyone has had a dream of flying. Though your body may be bound by gravity, your spirit was made to soar. Listen to your spirit. It will take you to the land of your dreams. I love that, Chris.
1: Thank That's you.
0: Beautiful. That's an absolutely beautiful quote. Now, tell us about you. How did you get on the road to being a unity minister? What is well, the story I'm, behind that?
1: I'm actually not a unity minister. I'm a, I'm a minister for Center for Spiritual Living and have been since, well um, oh, 25 years ago. Well,
0: thank you for correcting me. I don't want to make that No,
1: it's out. all right. It's all right. I'm on the Unity Network, so it's confusing, and some of my best friends are Unity ministers, so it's, uh, <laughs> we are kissing cousins, I call it. Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity Churches, we're kissing cousins, so we're all sort of in the same grouping. But uh, I was 24 years old and loveless and not happy with my life, and Uh, things weren't going well at all financially, I hated my job, I was looking for something, I was searching for something, and I really had this sort of internal dialogue going on inside my mind at that 24-year-old age that if I couldn't find some way to live well, then I was going to have to find some way to exit my life. And I uh, I was...
0: suicide? mm Mm-hmm,
1: yes, I was was really desperately sort of searching, and... um, I stepped into a center for spiritual living at that age, and I was astounded by the truth that was being spoken now, on the stage. Now,
0: back that, because you know we want some more details. You're 24 years old and feeling desperate enough to consider suicide. How did you end up in that state of mind, Chris?
1: Oh, I came from, you know, dysfunctional family culture. So, you know, the whole story that... Goes back for uh, that a lot of people experience and express in their lives, not a good family life, and uh, you know, sort of programmed self hatred. And uh, you know, it's really funny because I, I I went to see Louise Hay in the '80s. She actually came to town and did a a, um, a workshop. And of course, back for then those she was who working. Don't
0: know who she is. Fill them in. She's one of my big heroes, but fill everybody in on Louise.
1: Well, she's the icon of the metaphysical movement and a published author of You Can Heal Your Life was her iconic book in the 1980s. And she owns her own publishing company and has published numerous books and is well-known throughout the world. And um, one of the things that she's most popular for is teaching people to love themselves. And she started out in the 80s talking about people doing mirror work, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you, I really, really love you. And at that time, in my early 20s, when I went to her workshop in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, that, was her, that was her deal. It was like teaching people to take out your little mirror and say, I love you, I really, really love you. And I went home and practiced that, and all I could hear myself saying in the background is, you're lying. You're a liar. You don't love
0: wow. wow.
1: And so I had to find some way to bridge that cavern between self-hatred and to get to self-love, because I think it's very easy to tell people, oh, you have to love yourself. But when you hate yourself, it's a very long journey.
0: So, Chris, you were actually feeling at that time that you hated yourself. That's really Oh, cool. very much so. Now, I know you're not the only one who's ever gotten to the dark, dark place that you hated yourself and wanted to end your life. And for those who have been in that dark place or may be there now, you know, it's important for us to share a bit more in case there's somebody listening who relates and God knows we have all had that dark moment. I've had it. I remember thinking... How do you fit a garden hose on an exhaust pipe? And I couldn't figure it out, so I kind of gave up and, of course, got some help. But for you, what actually brought you, what was like the final straw that just said, I'm 24 years old and I am giving up?
1: It's just, you know, it's it's kinda like you go along and, and you keep trying to get things to work. You try to have success in relationships and they don't work and you try to have success in career and that doesn't work and you don't have any money and you're not happy and because you're unhappy and negative you don't have happy positive people around you, so your friends and relationships. Just it just seems like one thing stacked on top of another. And uh and finally the day came when I said, I've I've got to find some way to To live well, to live successfully, to find love, or I really need to, you know, make this exit. I didn't go to all the details of finding out how to do that. I didn't go buy a gun or anything. But, you know, my message to anyone who's listening who is in that place, my message is very simple. Hang on. Hang on. And, uh, because life will get better. And if you've found this program, this message, you're already on the track to your life getting better. So that's kind of where I was and uh, that was 30 years ago and I walked into a center and I started taking courses and classes and self-improvement and learning more about the value, the intrinsic value that I had inside of me, not just uh, the things that I'd accomplished on the outside because I think the confusing thing when it comes to self-value is we think we're valuable because of the things that we do or the things that we have, but the value comes from who we are. It has nothing to do with what we do or what we own in life. And so I became more aware of that intrinsic value, that spiritual life that resided within me, waiting for me to return. And uh, life started to improve.
0: Being able to look in the mirror in Louise's exercise, I love you, I truly, truly love you. Instead, you're feeling, I hate you. You feel entitled. Mm-hmm. You're only 24 years old. What was it that you discovered in that class? Can you share some of the tools or the content? What got you over the hump?
1: Well, you know, it, 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 it really is a hump. I mean, it is, it is an uphill sort of thing, and then you get to a place where it, it does sort of develop its own momentum. But for me, I knew I couldn't get from where I was hating myself, judging myself, having all kinds of internal dialogue with the inner critic that was unkind, saying things to myself that you wouldn't say to a dog. And, you know, going from there to self-love was just too far for me to get to. So I said, let's just start out and let's start this journey in baby steps. Chris Michaels, is there something that you like about yourself? Forget about love because we know you don't love yourself and you're going to lie to yourself. So let's don't go there. What do you like about you? And I started to write down a couple of the things that I did like about myself, and I gave more attention to those things. I think the problem with most people is they know too much about what's wrong with them and not enough about what's right with them. So Ooh, I started to focus. Say that again. Myself. That
0: was good, Doctor Chris.
1: I think the issue with most people is they know too much about what's wrong with them and not enough about what's right.
0: Nice. Because
1: we get so many images that you know we're bad and wrong all the time. And uh, so I started to give some attention in my life for the very first time to those things which I actually liked about me. And, you know, some of them were physical attributes and some of them were character attributes. But whatever it was, however small it was, I started to think about, focus on, give some energy and attention to those things until I found other things that I liked about me. And then I found other things that I liked about me. And then I started behaving in ways that I approved of instead of all the behaviors that I didn't approve of.
0: Hmm.
1: And like eventually turned to love.
0: Wow. So it's a systematic, what I'm hearing, is you went down that road of systematically reprogramming your own mind. And there's an old saying, it was one of my faves, it says, what you look for, you'll find. Yes. So you were looking for what you liked, and I started looking
1: for what was right
0: what was right and instead what of what was, what was like wrong about yourself, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, the funny thing is about relationships. It's just, you know, I, I, I was a young, good-looking guy and didn't have any problems getting dates, and yet every single one of them, something would go wrong. And after a while, you know, when you're looking for love, the numbers begin to stack up and you go, really, could there be that much wrong with 100 people I've dated?
0: <laughs> is
1: You know, you start to think, you can point out and you can say, oh, this one was that and I didn't like this and I didn't like this one about that one. But then after a while, you start to stack up all these numbers numbers and said could there really be something wrong with the hundred people that you've dated or is the only common denominator in the dating you
0: exactly you know? gee i was in every one of those relationships that went wrong Ooh, exactly ouch <laughs> that's a good one so for you so, it was relationship distress not loving yourself and they're connected right
1: of course, you, you can't attract anyone into your life to love you. I mean, this is the big, big fraudulent activity that's taking place in bars and restaurants and online all over the world today is we're trying to convince someone to love us when we don't love ourselves. And that's just fraud. And, you know, we're trying to get fraud. someone to think that we have value when we don't think we have value.
0: Wow, it's fraud. I never thought of it like that because, of course... We attract whatever we're putting out there. We're literally sending out waves of emotional and thought energy, and all energy is magnetic, but I never thought of it as fraud. That's good. You're good.
1: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. It really is. If you're out there
0: committing fraud, everybody, check that. Check that, because the way to go from committing fraud is to do what, Dr. Chris.
1: Well, it's to build that awareness of your own worth. It is to make sure that when you go to the party, you know that you've got something valuable to give to the party. You know, there's a fundamental spiritual law that is terrible. I just hate it. I hate telling everybody about it. But it's a simple (laughs) fundamental spiritual law that just sucks. And that law is you cannot draw and attract and keep anything good in your life that you don't honestly believe you deserve. And that's the big issue, you know. We can attract some good into our lives, but it doesn't stay in our lives if we do not honestly believe we deserve it. So everything inevitably comes back to what is your understanding of your worth and value, and how do you own it?
0: You know, that's so interesting because tonight, just before we started the radio program, I was actually teaching a teleseminar on money, And it works the same for love and for money. Exactly. We'll get rid of it. We will let somebody else take it. We'll lose it. One woman was talking about the way that she would go out and, and binge shop when she felt lonely, but lonely is also feeling unlovable. So either way you cut it, it comes back to looking in that mirror, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, we unconsciously sabotage ourselves, and we're, we don't do it, you know, consciously. We're not saying, "I'm going to screw up this relationship," or "I'm going to, you know, get rid of all this money." It's it's that fundamental law at work in our lives. We cannot keep anything that's good that we don't honestly believe we deserve. Mm.
0: Now, how did you get from that sad twenty-four-year-old blowing up all the dates you were on, giving yourself this? fraudulent presence out there in the world because you didn't love yourself, how did you really cross the line? Now, we know you started out looking for what was good, looking for what you liked, looking for what about you was good enough. What else goes into that recipe?
1: I started investing in myself. I started investing money in myself and time and energy And um, I recently went to uh, do a workshop for some inner-city children, some at-risk children, uh, teenagers that are in an uh, an after-school program. A friend of mine is the founder of it. It's called Mind Drive. And she invited me in to speak to these, these kids and you know the kids normal life experience is that you know one of their parents is a crackhead and the other's in prison i mean these are the these are the kinds of kids that you know, our culture calls throwaway kids and i started talking to them about investing in themselves and the big issue that i got to them is i want you to start saying to yourself what you wish someone else had said to you So you didn't have a mother that said, you can do anything you want in this world. You can be anything you want. I believe in you. I have faith in you. You didn't have a father that supported you and said, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, I will never stop loving you. So maybe you didn't have one good example of a functional relationship, but something in you already knows how to love. You came into life with that. So I want you to start saying to yourself, what you wish someone else had said to you, and transform your self-talk into a kind, loving, and compassionate conversation.
0: Wow, you're giving me truth bumps. I'm getting goosebumps all over my arms, and I call those truth bumps. Because you were able to tell these children they had the power to change that inner script and to start using their own power and creativity to shift their reality how did they respond to that what, what kind of response did you get
1: they were thrilled <laughs> i mean they were they were greatly impacted it that was a brand new idea to them that they didn't know they could take control of this inner critic and talk it down and say you know what i've been down that road i've listened to you for too long and i know where you take me and i'm not going there anymore so you need to shut up and here's what I'm going to tell myself that is true and valid and right. That what I have within me is far more powerful than anything that is going on around me or anything I've been through. And I have a right, a fundamental right to live well, to be heard, to find my destiny in this world. Mm. And they, um, I had them start writing affirmations and self-talk and, uh, and changing the situation. They just, many of us think we're victims of our thoughts and feelings, that we just have to think whatever thought passes or feel whatever feeling we have. <laughs> right. You know, that we're just victims of it all, that we have no authority or control over our own conscious awareness, our own thoughts. And, and as we direct it to where we want to go, that's where we end up. So it, it's a very empowering thing when people wake up um, and begin to take their co-creative power back. It's a fascinating thing to watch. Now, when you Their say eyes, co-creative,
0: break that word down, co-creative power, exactly what does that mean?
1: Well, I think there's the power at the helm of the universe, which some people call God, and uh, some people call, you know, Harry or Jesus or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter. But there, there is an intelligence at the helm of the universe that is directing all activity. And the destiny of all activity in the universe is good. So there's a power for good in the universe that is unfolding its, uh, it's, it's agenda. And I, I think that my awareness of that and my new definition of what God is, it is a power that has no limit and a love that has no condition.
0: A power that has no limit and a love that has no condition. Take that in, everyone. More goosebumps and truth bumps. Ooh, deep. Powering and I think that love with no conditions? because that's the key most of us were exposed only to conditional love. Unconditional love is something most of us can't even conceive of.
1: It's almost inconceivable.
0: Yeah, yeah. Goodness, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm just chewing on that one for a minute because that is really yummy. That is yummy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad
1: you like it. Oh, it's I flavorful. Do. I
0: do, because, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. I was giving a keynote speech a few years ago to the California Convention of Therapists, and I really, truly was never more terrified in my life to speak to mm-hmm. colleagues. And I had 2,000 of my colleagues in the room, because there are a lot of therapists in California, as you know. Yes. I thought, I think we're kind of therapy capital USA or international, but anyway, I thought to myself, I have to tell the truth. And the truth that I spoke was that most people had never had the experience of being loved. And as therapists and psychologists, we were trained to be blank screens and not love the people we work with. And I thought that was the craziest idea on the planet. And what you're saying is this love was no condition is what heals us. It's what changes us. Yes?
1: Yes, and we're swimming in it. We're, we're already in it. We're like a fish in water swimming through the ocean looking for water. Where's the water? Where's the water? And, you know, we are these beings, these spiritual beings that have been placed here in this presence of unconditional love that envelops, embraces us, and we're running around looking for it when we already have it. Um, Dr. Ernest Holmes, one of the founders of the uh, movement called Center for Spiritual Living, said the thing you're looking for is the thing you're looking with. Mm-hmm. So this thing that we're looking for, this love, this unconditional presence, this power, this authority, this joy, this abundance, whatever it is, it has all those things. The thing that we're looking for, we already have within us. It is, it's, it is us looking through us, in fact so that's that's the challenge is to is to become aware of the love that you already own that is already yours just for the receiving of it if you will receive it and I think so, this is the let big break it yeah. down
0: one more time how how do people become aware how do we become aware of the water we're all fish swimming in the water how do we become aware of this water give us you know give us a couple of, of of tools. How do people get there? Because, you know, you've been on the path a long time. I've been on the path a long time. We've got friends and family members with us on this radio show tonight who, or people who are list, listening via the recording, who are wondering, well, how do I get there? And by the way, for those of you who are wondering about anything that Dr. Chris has to say, call and. ask question, have part of a live conversation with us, or hit us back on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Brenda Wade. The call-in number is 347-989-0776, and we'd be happy to have you join the conversation. Go ahead, please, Dr. Chris.
1: Well, I, I wrote this new book called The Power View, which is published by Penguin Press, which is out now. And um, in it, I talk about this whole process of how we come from uh, being unconscious, searching for something, to becoming aware and owning our worth and value. And I go through the chapters. There's one called Self-Discovery. And then it's uh, self-acceptance and then self-command. And I think that's kind of the process we go through. We screw things up a lot through trial and error. We mess <laughs> things up. We come to some tragic event, some medical diagnosis, some breakdown. Somebody loves us. Somebody dumps us. And then we, we, something wakes us up. And and oftentimes, it's like that annoying alarm that wakes you up. It's never a gentle music that says, loving, wake up, lovey, wake up. You know, it's always some horrible noise that wakes you up, and you wake up abruptly. And I think for many people that are out there pursuing love, looking to find out who they are, their destiny in the world, they have some kind of awakening, some big wake-up call that slaps them in the face. And, uh, so that is self-discovery. And then you wake up and you realize, okay, is life happening to me? Am I just a victim? I'm sitting here and all this stuff keeps happening to me? Or am I really involved in it? Like I said, the common denominator at some point in all my problems was me. I finally became aware of that. And so that caused me to start looking. Looking outward and looking inward to become more aware of my worth and my value and why life was happening like this. And so you have the big wake up call, which is self-discovery. You wake up to the fact that you're not a victim anymore, that you do have some control over what your life is going to look like. And then you move through that process into becoming more aware of who you are. And then the second step is self-acceptance because you cannot take command and ownership of your worth and your value until you accept yourself completely as you are. And some people spend the rest of their lives in self-acceptance. They never get to walking into a room and owning it with the authority of God.
0: So, um, so there are steps here now. Go over those steps again. Let's get those down, everybody. You might even want to write these down. Get out your little tablet or pen and paper. Go old school. But let's get these steps down because this is valuable information. Just step one, Dr. Chris. What do we got again? Step
1: one, step one is self-discovery. Step self-discovery. One is,
0: self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Discovery. Go ahead.
1: Step, step one is waking up. It is, it is the awakening experience. You know, in, in India, there's a, there's a group of people called the great unwashed. They're the masses of people that are unconscious and asleep, the great unwashed because they haven't washed in the Ganges River. Mm-hmm. So the majority of people on the planet are unconscious, asleep. And they have not awakened yet. They are not enlightened. They have not awakened. They're going through life, hoping, wishing, and trying things will change. So that's, that's where they are. They're, they're in what I call hope, wish, and try land. So that's where they live <laughs> all the time. Their minds live there. Their bodies live there. they live their whole life in hope, wish, and try land. But for those that are awakening those that have already found their way to this program and to this teaching, you have already awakened. So you've already taken the first step toward enlightenment, and that is discovering, self-discovery, that life isn't just happening to you, that you do have some authority to, to take control of it and change it. And then the second step is the next step on your journey after you discover that you have actual controls that you can direct your thought, that you can change your actions and change your entire life experience and increase the quality of your life. The next step is self, um, self-acceptance because the fundamental law that you can't draw and attract anything into your life and keep it that you don't honestly believe you deserve. So until you accept yourself, until you love yourself, until you have an awareness of your worth and value, you don't get to the next step. And the next step is self-command, and that is ownership of your
0: second. Hold there for a second, because you're making me think of something that I hope will be helpful to all of our friends and family there in our audience. One of the things I've learned is that most of the time when we get that wake-up call, as you said earlier, it's not pleasant. So if you are facing Mm. a challenge right now, that could be your wake-up call. That could be the moment when you could work with what Dr. Chris is suggesting. Right now, you could say, okay, what thoughts have I been thinking habitually? What beliefs have I had habitually that created this? And just, you know, don't, don't think that you have to believe what I say or Dr. Chris says. Go ahead And work with this on your own and just say, I'm going to change one of those thoughts to the most positive version of it I can tolerate right now. Like (laughs) Dr. Chris said, you can't go from hating yourself to loving yourself in one step. Just take some small steps. And I, I want to just share, Dr. Chris, and I know you can share some stories with us about how this worked for you, but one of the biggest awakenings I had along these lines was coming out of graduate school having spent, let me see, nine years getting an education and being the proverbial starving student living on $117 a month, and I had worked out how I could have a, quote, nutritious meal every day that only cost me $0.39. Cents. Well, I didn't know much about nutrition. Let's just leave it at that. But anyway, come out of school with nothing but a bunch of student loans. And I was pretty depressed and pretty desperate, and a friend of mine said to me, you know, you really should find the Unity Church. And I said, eh, I don't want to go to church. can't stand church. But I was so desperate. I was out jogging one day, and I looked up. Jogging was keeping me alive. And I saw the Unity Church. I jogged right in, sat down, took a class right on the spot. There was a woman there who was a meditation teacher. I signed up for a class, and it was on prosperity. And just by sitting in the class and changing some of my thoughts about money, I am not kidding you, this is true. I came home every day and there were checks in the mail. I don't know how I could have gotten a refund from the state of California, a tax refund. I had never worked in the state of California. I went to school for 10 years in the state of Washington, I had somebody from grad school send me a check for 100 bucks and said, I'm paying you back the loan. You, I never had any money to lend anybody. I don't know how any of this was happening. All i done is what Dr. Chris just suggested. I changed my thoughts. So please put this in action. I want to say from personal experience, Dr. Chris is on to something very, very big. go for it boy have
1: you boy have you said a mouthful (laughs) well you know it's making
0: me remember how these things actually work
1: well and, and that is the that is the funny thing and this is the the big lie that we tell ourselves the disillusionment that we live with is that we have to work to earn because we you know we have good work ethics and everything that we've gotten in life and we're told from everybody around us that you have to work hard and then you are eligible for your your good if you work hard then you can make money and you can get rich and if you you know you kiss a lot of frogs then you'll meet your prince and if you you know uh, go through hell then maybe you can get to heaven um, you know, the, the whole big disillusionment and the lie that we tell ourselves is that we have to do something to get our good when the truth is it is a gift and all we have to do is allow ourselves to receive it. There is no condition upon love. There is no condition upon prospering. This is why it's, it's almost a, a redundant activity to ask God for anything in prayer because you say, oh, God, can I prosper? Yes. Uh, is it time for me to have love? Yes. Is it time for me to live well and be happy? Yes. I mean, the answer is always yes. So it's really just the question of are you accepting? Are you receptive? And the illusion is that we have to work hard, and we have it set up systematically in our experience that we're paying these dues. I mean, you even hear people say, oh, I'm not ready for a relationship because I have to work through my issues, and I then I'll be ready. You know what? You could be ready now
0: yes, if you can. let if yourself that were through... Be. If that were true, that we had to work through our issues to be in a relationship, nobody nobody would one. be in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no one. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Okay, so you were going to give us step three, which was take command. Tell us more about take command.
1: You know, I tell people, I you know, I want you to walk into a room and own yourself. And what I mean by that is uh, not have judgment of other people and not fear their judgment, that you are being who you are instead of being concerned about who might like you, that you understand that your expression is not tied to anyone else's approval, that uh, you are keenly aware of your worth, and not in an egotistical way like, aren't I wonderful, but you just own your talent and that you assume the post that nature has created you to be, as Emerson says, that uh, um, I, I can assume that nature had need of me here, and that's why I'm here. I believe that you are here, and I am here at this time in history for a reason. It's not a mistake that we have something to give the world that the world is in desperate need of. That's why we're born into this time and conscious in our awareness. That we have and that value applies
0: to, to everybody, Doctor Everybody. It? Everybody on the planet alive at this time. Well, I have talked to a lot of parents who say parents with special needs children who say, Well, why was my child born? And I'll say, Well, what is your child's gift? Everybody has a gift. When I was in training, one of the places I worked was in a classroom with Down syndrome children and they would wrap themselves around my knees. Every day when I came in the class and go, good morning, Miss Wade. We love you, Ms. Wade. I never felt so loved with such an open-hearted, unconditional love. In my life, everybody has a purpose. So once you take command, now we've gone through these first three steps, the awakening, and we are ready now to take command and to recognize our value and people talk about purpose i know this is one of the things that's a specialty of yours dr chris yes how do you define purpose because you started talking about purpose that we all are born for a reason what does that mean to you
1: Well, if you go to a museum and you look at the master artists and the geniuses uh, that created sculptures and artwork, you'll find that their name or their initials have been imprinted in the far right corner or on the left or on the back of the painting or underneath the sculpture. Every master signs their work. And I believe that you have been signed, that you are a signed original masterpiece and that the creator has signed and left its imprint on your soul. And you are a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for God to experience and express itself and in, in a never-again-repeated pattern. So I think that your value comes from being that masterpiece and that you have a talent and a gift. You can, You have something to say that no one else can say. You love in a way that no one else can love. You have a perspective that no one else can see. You have something to write that hasn't been written, something to say that hasn't been said something to do that's never been done, that uh, you've been brought into the world to do, to give, to experience, and to be. And I think that uh, the concept of right livelihood, the Buddhist concept of right livelihood Mm -hmm. is tied to that, uh, finding a way to match who you are with what you do in the world. That's right livelihood.
0: Now, how do people find that? Because so many people that I have worked with over the years, this has been a big issue for them. Well, I know I have talent. I know I've got creativity or I'm smart or I've got something, but how do I know if it's my purpose? How do I find that thing that's really mine to do, my contribution?
1: I can tell you where it is. I can tell you at the intersection it's at. I I can't tell you how. You'll have to go there yourself, but I can tell you where the intersection is. Your purpose, your, your reason for living exists at the intersection of the talent that you have and what crossroad is there is what the world is in desperate need of. So the intersection is where th- what the world is in desperate need of and the talent you've been given. That's where you'll find your destiny.
0: Mm, now if you have a question, don't be shy as my granny used to say. Hit us back on Facebook, tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade, or call that number. This is your last chance because we're coming in the home stretch with Dr. Chris Michaels, author, director of the Center for Spiritual Living, and someone who clearly has such deep wisdom and is bringing to us a message that is one of opening, transformation, growth, and delivering. Your gift to the world. Now, what could be better than that, everybody? You know you want to call and talk to him. That number is 347-989-0776 if you would like to do so. Go on. As they used to say in the old church where I grew up, when the minister would get really good on Sunday morning, there was always somebody in the back of the church who would yell, Preach! Preach! Preach, (laughs) Chris! Go on!
1: (laughs) Well, I think that that's, you know, people are, I I like, like you, I run into an awful lot of people that are searching for their destiny. You're like, why am I here? Why am I alive? You know, and even Oprah says, you know, you've got to find the thing that burns in your heart. You've got to find the thing that you were here designed to do. And, and I think it can be found um, it, by answering a few simple questions like, you know, What am I passionate about? What do I feel deeply about? What am I most interested in? What can I do that I lose track of time doing? And sometimes it comes from those things that ignite our passion uh, in in a positive way, in an affirmative way. It's like, oh, my God, I would love to do that. And uh, I'm going to go that way. But oftentimes it comes in the, not the question of what am I most passionate about, but what do I wish someone else would do? What do I wish someone else would take care of? What do I wish someone else would fix? What is broken in the world that I see and keep complaining about? You know, Dr. Martin Luther King found his destiny there. He found his destiny there when he looked at the world and he happened to understand how the world was supposed to look. He had a vision for how the world was supposed to look and it didn't match. So his destiny came from going out into the world and saying, look, you've got it wrong. And here's how it's supposed to look, which is, the, which is the talent of every visionary. They have the ability to walk through time, go into the future, see what, it's, we'll see what it's supposed to look like, come back and tell us, which was his gift, which is the gift of all visionaries. So, you know, it's, it's, it's there sometimes you find uh, who you are and what your destiny is in the world, what you've been made to do, what you've been created for by your creator.
0: So this takes us back to that dream, that dream when you talked about the soul was meant to soar and spirit will take you to the land of your dreams. So you've put together a powerful roadmap here, Dr. Chris, and that roadmap is everyone stepping into the moment of awakening, whether it's a painful awakening, which it usually is. I don't know anybody who just sort of went woke up one morning and went, oh, this is just lovely, and I'm happy. Me neither. And awakening, and oh, isn't it delicious? Usually it's being kicked in the behind, and that's what awakening feels like. So just go with it and go, oh, good, this must be awakening because it hurts. And then we go from awakening, give me that middle step, number two, one more time.
1: It's self-acceptance. You, self-acceptance. you, you go Seems from awakening to... Isn't it funny? That's the
0: one I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Better go back to that step again. Okay, from awakening to self-acceptance, and we're going to go into self-command. And you gave one of the best descriptions of purpose I have ever heard, the intersection of your talent, everybody, and what the world desperately needs right now. That's a goodie. Okay, you know, take us home. Take us home, Dr. Chris. We have you know, about um, five minutes here. Take us home.
1: Okay. I, Maybe I, more I than can, a little. A
0: little more than I'll a i
1: ta- I'll take you back where we started. Um, I was in Barcelona a few years ago, Barcelona, Spain, and I went to the Picasso Museum where um, his works were displayed, and I expected to find all the Cubist movement pictures But the museum is set up so it uh, walks you through his career. When he first started painting, they're at the very beginning of the museum as you walk through, and then the Cubist movement is at the very end. And uh, Picasso started out a realist painting just like everybody else. But he took a turn in his career and had the audacity to step out of what every colleague of his was doing and start twisting and deforming the figures that he was painting. I mean, this is outrageous and people called him ridiculous and that it wasn't art and that it was, uh, that it was just trash and they trashed him. And so, you know, what, what, what kind of power and authority does it take to go against everybody, even the people you respect and who respect you as a colleague and do something completely different? What kind of person does it take to be able to do that? And that's what I'm talking about, command you get to a place where you are so clear on your worth and value that you speak to that inner knower within you and you are so connected to it that it becomes your authority that you trust uh, instead of the voice of mediocrity that surrounds you. You know, Picasso said that every act of creation is preceded by an act of destruction. And that's why we have to uh, fall apart, that very often in our lives, things come apart. They fall apart. We say, oh my God, my life's a mess, everything's everything's destroyed, my relationships are destroyed, my marriage is destroyed, I have no money, everything's destroyed. It's that point of destruction is the point of creation. So if you're falling apart, if your life is a hot mess, you are at a point of power in your life because everything has to come apart as it was in order for it to be reformed in some new pattern. Wow. And this is, this is the thing that nobody ever tells us as we pursue our spiritual growth because we're going along doing all these positive things and thinking these positive thoughts and making these affirmative actions and taking these positive steps and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and our lives fall apart and we go, why did this happen? It's because the, the way your life was formed was based upon the consciousness you had last year and that has to come apart.
0: Yeah, it's like that plant that outgrows the pot it was growing in because the roots are pushing out now and cracking the pot open. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know why that popped in my head, but moving on. So well, it's the same
1: of- metaphor. It's same. It's the same metaphor. The pot has become too small and something has to change.
0: Yeah, so it's a sign when we are in that pain, it really is a growing pain. These really are growing pains, and to be willing to grow means being willing to put ourselves out there. And everyone knows that concept of the comfort zone. It really means being willing to be uncomfortable, being willing to go there and hang out there and keep asking the question. I love the question, what can I learn? What can I learn from this? What is this here to teach me? Because what you're saying Dr. Chris is that when we're willing to examine now it sounds like your book and I really want people to check out Dr. Chris's new book it's from Penguin Press it's available on Amazon and it's the power OU, the power of you so check it out and I do want to remind everybody your website is www.chrismichaels.net I know there's a lot of value and wisdom and so much there. And on your own journey, I know you've had to slay dragons of your very own, go out and be uncomfortable. And part of what you have slain is a dragon that allowed you to marry your beloved. Is this true or true?
1: Are you talking about me? Yes.
0: I'm talking about you. Of 18
1: years. Yes, we've been together 18 years.
0: That's mm-hmm. beautiful. And for those who have had to slay dragons to be with your beloved or to find the love you've always wanted now, I of course I had to research you and you and Aubrey have been together eighteen years and you got married, yes?
1: Yes, we did. Oh recently.
0: <laughs> really? How long ago?
1: Uh, last year.
0: <gasps> You're newly wed. Congratulations. Yeah, after being
1: together for seventeen years, yes, we got married and we've been together for eighteen years total. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, you have my best wishes for much happiness thank you. and that you will continue to be able to share your wisdom with more and more people. Now. And I
1: appreciate you doing the same
0: oh, and hosting
1: the show. It's it's a wonderful gift to the world that you're doing.
0: Thank you very much. Now, from the annals of one who has been in a long-term relationship. This is the Good Love radio show, long-term relationship, now in newlywed. How do you apply your wisdom and teachings to relationship? And uh, make it personal, if you don't mind.
1: You know, I think love is the easiest thing in the world to have I think it's the purpose of life itself. It's the reason we are alive. It's the reason there is creation. And honestly, I don't think there's a lot to do to find love except get everything out of the way that blocks it. Mm. And, you know, I I, I I always tell people there's not a really a lot of strategy I could offer you to go find your perfect mate in love. But here's what you can do. Get everything out of the way that blocks love in your life. And that means get rid of your resentments. That means heal your, uh, your unforgiving thoughts and your feelings and your resentments. That means get over your issues of self-esteem because all these are boulders, blocks, and electrified fence walls uh, that block the flow of love into your life. So for me, that happened on my own. My preparation for love was getting everything out of the way so that I could be loved and then letting myself be loved. That's what it was about.
0: Wow. So healing resentment, raising your self-esteem, what else?
1: Well, I think we're carrying around, around dead carcasses uh, for ah. a long time. We, we have uh, unhealed uh, thoughts. We have uncried tears. We have unsaid words. We have unprocessed emotions. We have uh, things that are, we carry around every single day. And I don't, I think those are the things that block love. And And they smell everybody. Yeah, they stink. And you drag them into every new day and wonder why things aren't fresh and wonderful. Because you're dragging around yesterday, last week, last month, last year. You know, your ex, your three exes before then and your resentment and hatred toward them. You cannot attract love simultaneously while you're hating your past or your ex. I mean, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't work. You can't. Yes. So for everyone that's looking for love, really the work is self-work and it is uh, finding that road to self-acceptance and processing the pain and the upset of not having it because we all have failures in relationships. Um, but if you drag them into your current success, then that becomes, they become infected and they become failures.
0: This is getting nastier so, and nastier from dead carcasses to infections. Everybody, let's clean it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're either affecting people or infecting them in the world. And so, Mm. you know, I I want to be effective and uh, I want to affect people in a positive, affirmative way, not infect them with my guilt, my sorrow, my misery, my upset, my past, and all that junk that I carry around. So. It is coming into uh, a fresh air, a room full of fresh air, which is okay, coming Okay, now, into... at the
0: last minute here, we have a Facebook question. <laughs> Facebook question. Yes. Let's do this really fast. Somebody got up. The Courage, who must have been sitting there going, I want to ask him this question. Hey, the question is, I truly don't believe I will ever love myself. Now, that's not a question. It's more of a statement. But What would you say to this person? And thank you. Then you never will. Your Facebook. Then question.
1: you never will. If you truly believe you never will, then you never will. And so I would ask you to examine the reasons why, why you're not worthy, why you're not good enough. And I would also ask you to uh, look at who told you that because they lied to you. They were liars. And generally speaking, the people that told us we're not, love, we're not loving or lovable, we're not loved themselves and we're just perpetuating their story. Mm-hmm. So my advice is wake up and stop listening to liars, because it's just not true. You are lovable. You have something within you that is wonderful and that the world keeps waiting for, and you've got to find your way to it. But you're listening to liars.
0: That's right. And one of the things that is so, so important is none of us can get there alone. Now, I know you've had teachers and mentors and have probably read as many books as I've read, and and I heard you say you were traveling the world, you know, traveling the world looking for answers. So I want to encourage everyone, if you're on the journey and you know you're ready for something new, here's a book right here, The Power of You. Grab that book. Build your library. Get it on your Kindle or whatever kind of little thing you like to read on. If you don't like real books, I love to feel the book. But anyway, moving on. And check out Dr. Chris's website. It's www.chrismichaels.net. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Dr. Chris Michaels. Great story, great wisdom, beautiful steps, something we can all put to use in our lives. And can't wait to hear more from you. You have an invitation to speak at one of our classes, and you will hear more from us. All right, everyone, send that big wave of good love radio gratefulness out to Dr. Chris Michaels. Hmm, there you go. There you go, Dr. Chris. We're just right you. you. And good love right there. And everyone, keep his quote close to your heart. Listen to your spirit. It will take you to the land of your dreams. And we all plan to live our dreams, especially that dream of love. And to the person who sent in that question, take to heart Dr. Chris's answer, that if you believe the lies you were told, it's time to tell yourself the truth. All right, coming up, coming up, we will have Phyllis Newhouse on the science of love. Excuse me, the science of getting rich. Can't get love out of my mind. She's going to talk to us about the science of getting rich, and that might have something to do with love. We've got Holly Hine, who's going to talk about sexual detours, and Jonathan Robinson, Find Happiness Now. And if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area or Northern California or anywhere where you can get to a two-day live intensive, May 24th and 25th, I will be teaching with a team of fabulous guests, Healing Secrets for Toxic Love, building your best relationships ever. And, of course, a lot of what Dr. Chris just shared is right in my lane. It begins with learning to tell yourself the truth about being lovable. All right, everyone. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, the 24th and 25th. Come and bring a friend. And we'll be with you again next week for the next Good Love Radio Show. All right, blessings, good night, and thank you to our great producers, Legron Green, our wonderful moderator producer, flip stunning, blessings. Mm-hmm.